You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner with Joey Wagner here today. And we were planning on going over Joey Wagner's All Big Ten bout. He had the All Big Ten bout for us today. And maybe we'll get around to that, Joey. But uh, I got the message. I got the alert on my phone because I have Josh Whitman uh, alerted on my phone. And I got the alert and I clicked on the link and... I was expecting Josh Whitman to kind of have this rallying cry around the postseason, talking about you know what this could mean at, compared to last year at this time when sports stopped. Right, like I thought it was going to be that. I thought it was going to be you know something that maybe acknowledged that they weren't Big Ten champions, but hey, you're Big Ten champions in our mind. Uh, no, we got something completely different, and I will say, pretty rare for Josh Whitman uh, to be so blunt and critical of his own league uh, in this open letter. And I want to go over some of it, Joey, but even today I'm sitting here like, wow, Uh, Josh Whitman's open letter saying that they deserve to be Big Ten champions and that they feel slighted and that he feels the Big Ten is not doing the right thing here. I'm still pretty surprised. You know, I saw. I also have his alerts on my phone, and I saw it, and I had a tweet deck pulled up, and I saw, like, the tease into it, and it was like, you know, less message to the everyday guys or something, and I thought the same thing. I thought, okay, tournament's back. How proud we are of this team to have made it. Because that's – I mean, Josh has done that before, and, and, you know, he doesn't write open letters very often. I remember one other time, I think it was in the summer, with the uh, – the, uh, when the social injustice movements were, were – much more the the center of our discussions and and I opened it and I I went back to writing something else I thought well this isn't you know okay Josh is happy for his team and then I thought well okay let's see what this is and I was like whoa just because he doesn't do that he's so measured in everything he's even when like in a zoom press conference which is what we've done or in a real press conference he he takes just a, he, he's so smart. It doesn't take him very long to like come up with what he wants to say, but he usually pauses to make sure he's putting everything in the right words and, and exactly how he wants it. And we've not seen this side of him. And he did the same for this. It was the same, you know, I'm assuming it was the same build up to this letter, but it was just a different outcome than I expected. And I'm just, I'm still like you, I'm still pretty shocked that he did it and that he said that. And I I do think, Jeremy, that it was needed. I I think that there is so much noise around this discussion. And and we talked about it after the Ohio State game. Had Michigan won? Yeah, we were just ready for Indy, right? Like this discussion probably doesn't happen. Obviously, it didn't play out that way. And I thought someone needed to say something. And maybe poor Brad was the one we talked to. And the players, they probably thought, oh, my gosh, okay, we're frustrated. But – so I, I thought it was needed. I just didn't think it was expected and maybe not expected, at least in that tone. It's an emotion we don't see a lot out of, as you said, a measured guy. And there's anger. There, there's anger and disappointment here. Uh, we've seen disappointment at times from Josh, but th- there's there's anger and frustration here, which 
Uh, I think he doesn't take lightly because I, I keep using that word calculate. He's a very calculated guy, and he is a phenomenally gifted writer. Um, and he does not say things unless he thinks they are needed to be said and until he is ready to say them. So I want to go over some some highlights of this letter that everyone's read, but things that stuck out to me, Joey. And the first thing that stuck out to me is he's had discussions with the Big Ten about this for several weeks, he said. And then he goes on to say, despite our university's best efforts to achieve an equitable outcome that fairly recognizes the performance of our men's basketball team, we know now that nothing will change. He complains that, you know, this is an apples to oranges comparison between Michigan that played 17 games, won 14 of them, had the best win percentage, and Illinois that wins 20 or it plays 20 and wins 16. So I think he, he makes a, a, a real good argument throughout this about why Illinois should get a share of it. I think it's great that he said, to be clear, we have not endeavored to take anything away from Michigan. They earned their title, and we are not looking to diminish their accomplishments. He, he cites past years, including last year, where there was three co-champions. And I think you know the Michigan reaction is, ah, stop whining, you didn't win it, but... It's, it's not that we're trying to take your title away from you. And I think Illinois fans somewhat are misdirecting their anger at Michigan. Now, if Michigan, if you feel they game the system here, okay. But that's a Big Ten problem, in my opinion. But Josh does acknowledge, and this is where my frustration is, Joey. He acknowledges that in November, they decided that win percentage would determine the regular conference champion. And before the season, I thought that was the cleanest way to do it. Now, you get through a season, and Michigan plays two fewer games than every other team. They end up winning it. They go on a pause themselves, right, and decide when to come back and not to make up certain games. We didn't hear this from the Big Ten. We never heard from the start Kevin Warren or just some Big Ten, you know, uh, assistant assistant uh, that's saying, hey, this is the rule. This is how it's going to be. We know it could be ugly. Um, This is what it is. We had to see Brendan Quinn of The Athletic, who's a great reporter, tweet uh, right about that. The AP confirmed it. And then the Big Ten at the end of this, the season just said, Michigan's the outright champion. And they don't explain why. The communication from the Big Ten – has been so bad. It's put Michigan in a bad spot. It's put Illinois in a bad spot. And the biggest takeaway from all of this, and we'll dive more into this, Joey, is that Josh Whitman is not the first AD or coach to really publicly voice displeasure about Big Ten leadership and decisions over the past year. And I understand it's a pandemic. None of this was going to be clean. This was a bad year to be a first year as a commissioner. But at the same time, it doesn't seem like communication is very smooth or it's very healthy right now. And that's why we sit there and think Jim Phillips had the relationships here. He was an AD with all of these other people. And this would have been a little bit smoother because it just feels like there's a big disconnect. And that grand scheme things take outside of Illinois. That's my biggest takeaway from this all is one of the most measured ADs and a guy that maybe in 20 years could be the big 10 commissioner is voicing this displeasure. And it said he has a breaking point to me. That's the big picture story here is the big 10 communication and the leadership and and the discord is something new in this conference. Yeah, I will say this is a really challenging year to be a yes. first year, but you can make anything more smooth with proper communication. 
It might not be favor. People might not like it. People might be very, very upset with you. But if you put all of your cards on the table, you're going to win at least some favors with people understanding your line of thinking. That's where some of this comes in. And, you know, I want to go back like in December. Yeah, it was win percent, right? Or uh, November, rather. It was win percent. And then I'm thinking, what did we expect the season to be in November? If you would have told me in November, most teams would have played 19 or the full 20 games. I'm going to be honest, Jeremy, I probably would have laughed in your face. We didn't know what was ahead of us in November and what this was going to look like, especially when we saw what happened with football. And then we took rosters much smaller than that, where contact tracing, as we've seen in some other programs, can leave you no choice but to wipe away two weeks at a time. So that did seem right. But like, and I know people have pointed to the football argument and said, well, they adjusted in football. They came out with these rules and they adjusted. They did. And maybe there should have been some level of adjustment, especially as Josh said, as they've seen this coming, this was on the horizon for weeks. There was plenty of time to have the requisite discussions. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in those zoom meetings to understand Kidding. No, go ahead. Yeah, can I interject? Like, yeah, I thought the Ohio State decision, while right. every other fan base thought it was uh, you're favoring Ohio State, that was the right decision. Yes. In my opinion, that was the right decision based on what we knew at that point. It's like Ohio State had two games, I believe, canceled that weren't their fault. One that was their fault with Illinois, right? But they had two games that were canceled that weren't their fault. They were clearly the best team. They beat the team who was closest to them in Indiana, right? Like, So you're not going to allow that team to play in the Big Ten Championship. You're not going to allow that team. Like, That made logical sense to me. Right. Like, so yeah, I, I, mean, I applauded while a lot of people were criticized. I, I applauded that decision. Um, it's just like, and you know, the whole getting back to play, I can understand why they made some of these decisions, but like you're leaving so many people in the dark, including your coaches and ADs throughout this process. And then you're just not being upfront about it. Hey, this might not be a popular decision, but this decision we feel is in the best interest of our student athletes right now. He goes on Big Ten Network, Kevin Warren, and does a, a, a weird interview. Uh, but he doesn't do really much else other than, like, the athletic one and I think ESPN. But it was like, do a press conference. Like, do an actual – answer the questions. People aren't going to like every answer, but at least you're telling them uh, what is going on. And that's what we haven't had with basketball. And why, when you did that with football, you made that adjustment, why won't you make it in basketball as well when it hurts no one? Right. And again, if you're not going to make it, and I'm sure that, look, you have all these incredibly intelligent people in a Zoom meeting discussing this. There exists a logical reason in their mind to not make this adjustment. Explain that reason. Yeah. I mean, there's such intelligent people. These have obviously been thought out conversations for weeks. It makes enough sense to a group of people to not make the adjustment. So just explain it. Yeah. Explain why it is. And let people be angry from there. But now you can come out and say you can come out and say Josh Whitman and Brad Underwood knew what our rule was, right? They they knew what our rule was. So for them to complain about now, I'm sorry, but this is what we agreed to, including Josh Whitman, right? Like you you can come out and say that. Like at least you'll give an answer. We're not even we're not told anything. And I think you know Josh must not like the response he got from the Big Ten, or even like I don't know. I don't want to read too much into it, but the frustration he has, it seems like he didn't have much of an open, like there wasn't much of an openness to even listening to this argument. 
Well, and, you know, he said breaking point. We've covered Josh. It's just my fourth year covering Josh. You've covered him for since he got hired. About four, yeah, four or five years. This doesn't just happen. Like, this isn't like, oh, boy, Josh is frustrated. Get ready for this open letter because that's what Josh does. That's not what Josh does. That's not at all. And it also, again, I don't want to read into it that much either, but I do wonder if this didn't just happen in a bubble. If there was frustration that had been built from August that got to this point, from Michigan State that got to this point. Here's the paragraph. Here's the paragraph that really stands out, right? As a general manner, I favor diplomacy. I prefer discreet private conversations held with appropriate parties behind the scenes, and I have not hesitated to engage on these and other issues. As these situations mounted, those conversations intensified, but everybody has a breaking point. Mine was yesterday. Um, and he talked about this with football. You could tell with some of the things that were decided with football, he wasn't in complete agreement with, but when they were decided to come back, like he was like, Hey, that's behind us. We're all in the conference together. And Brad has tried to say that stuff as well. Like, Hey, we're, we're a good member of the big 10, but it's clear. They feel like it's not equitable or it's just not, you know, harmonious right now. Yeah. And that, that kind of, as you zoom back in a little bit, Michigan is really just in the crosshairs of people's frustrations with the Big Ten. I mean, look, I understand people are mad about that initial Illinois game. The reality was didn't change the outcome of what people in Illinois thought the game was going to be. Illinois still won the darn basketball game. But Michigan, again, they're just kind of – they just showed up to dinner and saw people arguing at a table. And, and like, yes, you can make you know the pause, whatever – but this is definitely a, an institution. And look, I'm sure Josh isn't the only one. He's probably the only one frustrated with this specific conversation. But as we've seen, you know, it appears there's a lot more people frustrated with leadership above them. Yeah. And that is just kind of all here. And then behind all of that, behind the curtain is this team that really has a justified reason to think they should be able to hang a banner for winning the, the, or at least co-Big Ten champions. And I'm not saying that argument doesn't play into what Josh wrote yesterday, but I, I think Michigan's just kind of along for the ride in this argument. This, this is so much more than just that, I think. Yeah, uh, and I think the difference, I guess, between Ohio State football and Illinois basketball is Illinois is still number three in the country. They're still number one you know, in, in the bracketology. So they're likely still going to get a once. Like the Big Ten championship has no impact on that. While a Big Ten championship game appearance for Ohio State might have been the difference. I don't know if it would have been, but playing an extra game for them, I think, helped them. And, and you know, winning the Big Ten championship helped them solidify the uh, college football playoffs. So there's not that ramification. Um, but Josh does make the case, and I think there's a real case for Illinois about why they should be co-champions, right? He said, we did not anticipate that the winning percentage, um, you know, marker would penalize a team. And in this case, Illinois. And he said, as a result, for the first time in my memory, the team that has won the most games is not recognized with an even share of the conference championship. That defies logic. It's a strong, strong sentence there. It stands counter to the very foundations of competition and sport. For a marquee conference that just concluded arguably the greatest, most competitive season in the history of college basketball, this is an unfortunate and disappointing outcome. This entire situation was avoidable. That that's scathing. I mean, yeah. in 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 Josh's way, 
that's pretty scathing at the Big Ten. It is. And again, that's part of why I'm so surprised because that's just not what we've seen out of Josh Whitman. And I get it, right? I I, I get, you know, you what a conference championship means to a basketball program. I understand that. I understand you bring in a recruit, you can point up to a banner and say, this was this, these, these guys, this group of guys will be able to come back in 10 years and say, this was our big 10 conference. I I get all of that. I I do. And I understand that there's some financial ramifications for Brad though. I mean, if Josh pins this, it's kind of backed himself into a wall a little bit with what he's got to do with that. I think there will be a Um, bonus and a raise at the end of this year for Brad regardless. Right. But like you said, this, this isn't like season's over. Right. And I think that's what maybe some people, some other people are balancing that this juggling act of like, hey, but there's more like this isn't the end of this. And it's just it's such a weird bubble to be in with this. Right. Like I, I get their arguments. The other part of it's like I can understand why in some other regions of the country nationally, people are like, OK, what? I, I get all of that. It's. Can I, can I share? Can I, can I share something? Like I, I talked to some people um, that have a different perspective than maybe us in this Illinois bubble uh, that this beat that covers it every day. And, you know, the, the phrase specifically, this is a decision that will resonate with our program for generations. And that's some eye rolls. And, and some people are like, why is, why is Whitman doing, why is he focused on this? And I can, you know, I, I kind of explain something I will in a second, that kind of puts us in perspective for, for Illinois. Um, but a lot of people say, why make this and continue to make this a bigger thing going into a Big Ten tournament or going into the NCAA tournament when that's what people remember, right, is did you make a Final Four? And are you going to distract your team from this? I think Whitman did this knowing it won't. I think Whitman did this knowing his team – and his coach play better with a chip on their shoulder to feel like they're the underdog, right? And he even says that every time we are slighted, right? <laughs> Which Illinois is number three in the country and in a final four like pick for everybody. Every time we are slighted, we are disrespected. Use each instance as an excuse to sharpen your axe. And when we accomplish our goals, we'll use that razor sharp axe to cut down the nets. He's a good writer, okay? But like, I mean... I don't think Illinois is like really disrespected as much as, you know, people from the outside, like IO not getting big 10 player of the year or, you know, not being number two in the country or, you know, whatever it is, but they're using it. Like and Josh, I think knows his team will use this well and it's mature enough to handle this. But I will say, and I've said this before, as someone who thinks conference championships, regular season conference championships should mean more. I'm happy people are passionate about this because if you ask me the measure of true success for a program over the long term is how many conference championships do you have? Like Bill Self has one national championship. He's a heck of a coach. He dominates his conference though, right? Like, and Mark Few, no national championships, but he is dominant in his conference. And, you know, Bill Self, when he was here at Illinois, dominant in the Big Ten. I think those things matter and should matter more because if you look in history, Illinois doesn't win them very often, right? Like the 2000s, that 2000 to 05 or 98 to 05, that's a rarity where Illinois wins a majority of them. Lou Henson won one. So I agree with Whitman that 
this should matter. And, and people should be passionate about a Big Ten championship. And it shouldn't just be like, ah, Big Ten championships don't matter. No, that's the biggest sample size. That's like the true measure of what you are for a season, more so than a single elimination tournament. Even though I know, just like the NFL playoffs, Joey, you don't measure your Packers by division titles. You, you measure them by Super Bowl titles, right? I understand that, but I still think as a Packers fan, like you should take a lot of pride and care about those division titles, just like Illinois with conference titles. Man, you had to take the jab, didn't you? I get it. It's been, been a rough <laughs> But you win, you win division titles. I want those. Oh I want those as a Bears fan, and we don't have any I, of them. <laughs> I think this is also, Jeremy, part like – I agree with what you said. Like the, sustained success over the course of the year – matters in who your program is and then you sustain that success over the course of several years and that matters and I think some of this is also where Illinois is in its rebuild right like this you win the Big Ten and what has historically been according to Ken Palm the hardest conference in 20 years you do that and all of a sudden it's like okay you know yeah they can go on a run they probably will and you know we'll see where it ends up but this is like, hey, remember that year? Yeah, we went on the run. That was good. And, you know, this was the first of X number of times we've been in the top three or we've won the Big Ten. And that matters. And, and I think it's – I'm not saying I, I think it would have been different if Illinois had done a Kansas and won a thousand of these things in a row. I, I don't know that that's the case. But I think there is part of that where it's like this is a, a chance for Illinois to establish itself as back into what it was. And it – it matters to Brad. It matters to Josh. It matters to the guys. I mean, I thought, Jeremy and Derek and I talked about this in Michigan State. I thought it was kind of strange how after that game it was like, well, you know, uh, you know, we're not going to win. And it's weird. Because the day before that it was like, man, it's all here. You know, Jacob Grandison was so passionate. And I'm not singling him out, but he, he was so – he gave such a good quote about it. It's all in front of us. And the Big Ten was part – of that discussion. And it, so it does matter to these guys. And it's, it is hard as heck to win a conference in college basketball. It's really hard. You've got to be really good for three months to do it. And, and Illinois is in that position. Again, so is Michigan. So is Michigan. The shutdown, you know, a lot of the shutdown was such a unique experience for Michigan in the sense that they didn't have any positives on the basketball team. And, 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 Again, giving Illinois a co-championship doesn't take that away from Michigan. They're not saying like, hey, sorry, y'all, but you're not getting this. It's just I, I think so much of this is moment in time and the reaction and the meaning behind it and, and kind of where this program wants to be. And I'm not trying to put words in Josh's mouth, but my read on it yeah. is it's kind of all of these factors. Yeah, I, I understand Gene Cady is kind of known for not making a Final Four, but he won six Big Ten championships in like the toughest Big Ten ever. And I just, I feel like that should be a bigger deal. Like, I, you know, Lou won one. And, you know, Lou made it to a Final Four, unlike Gene, but like, man, Gene was a monster uh, in the Big Ten. So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of passionate about that. But like, do you think, you know, this Josh penning that letter – it you know makes this a bigger story going to the Big Ten tournament, and maybe his team responds well. I hope for Josh's sake his team responds well and plays well in the postseason. Because if they don't, people are going to look back at this and say you distracted your team. But I I think his team and I think he knows it 
is yeah. is mature enough and maybe this helps them puts an even bigger chip on their shoulder because they play well joey when they have a chip on their shoulder we talked about it all year nobody knows how to pl- how and when to place that chip like brad underwood he's done it like he's taught a master class in doing that this year I-, I would have to put money down that josh and brad discuss the possibility of it. like i don't think brad had something forwarded to him like hey dude did you see this Whoa. on twitter today yeah, yeah the- and I'm sure the question was, you think this is going to get in the way of what we're trying to do? And the answer was probably was, uh, had to have been, otherwise it wouldn't Brad's have happened. Like, no, do that. Do that yeah. right dang now. a line in there. Can I help with this? How, how can I assist you here? That, that, so, yeah, we'll sit now. If they turn in a clunker on Friday, suddenly there, there are going to be very fair questions about if that had, had changed anything and – Look, this team, I don't, one, I don't think that's going to happen. Two, if it does happen a week from that Friday, I don't think this is the conversation again because they're a team that's going to, you know, we just, yeah. there's enough body of work, most of a really good basketball team. But if this is the fuel that this team needs, I don't know that this team needs much more fuel. I mean, Brad finds a way to do everything with that. They're good. Then this works out. And the, you know, the Big Ten banner that Josh loosely alluded to hanging. In What's the it say? It's most Big Ten wins? I guess, right? I, I, mean, I mean, you can I, you can raise whatever heck banner you want. The Indianapolis Colts showed that, didn't they? <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess, yeah. But, you know, if, if this works out, do you do it or do you just hang Final Four? Right? Like, like if this goes well, the way my, that they hope it goes. My rallying cry has been, go get the Big Ten banner this weekend. Right, if you, if you want that Big Ten banner, just go get that one. Then yeah, go get your Final Four banner too. Like, you don't need a Big Ten most wins banner. Like, you only need that banner if it doesn't go well in the postseason. Right. right. Look, storyline wise, I'm sitting here like Sunday, Illinois, Michigan. Oh. All right. Oh. Like this is gonna be after awesome. after Iowa. Come on, bring it. Oh man, what a <laughs> what a weekend. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Get the other ones. And, and then maybe you don't feel like you've got to to hang this Big Ten regular season wins leader co champion. I, I don't yeah. whatever you want to call it. I will say Josh knows how to fire up his base, man. Like the approval Woo. rating of Josh Whitman after that letter, whew, through the roof. <laughs> I think it was like a go. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a GoFundMe people trying to get a statue for this guy right. somewhere. I mean, they were like, you know, that's my quarterback type <laughs> of man they were all in it's my guy that's my guy all right joe let's take a quick break and talk about what we planned on talking about before we read that letter the all big 10 teams will talk about how you voted that's next this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Joey, I thought Illinois 
Um, despite some Twitter upsetness <laughs> over Luca Garza winning Big Ten Player of the Year, which was pretty predictable, Illinois well represented in the All Big Ten awards here. As Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn are both first teamers, and I was happy to see Kofi on both the coaches and the media. I thought for me he would have been third in my Big Ten Player of the Year vote. So I, I thought that was great for Illinois. Trent Frazier got honorable mention, which I think is a great honor for him uh, to end his career. But more importantly, he got his all defensive team. But even Trent, we we're talking about taking like little things and motivating you. He was upset. During Daryl Morsell won Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. So use whatever you got to use as fuel. Uh, but also, Andre Curbelo, this might have been the biggest shocker to me, even though he's deserving if you look back on it. I didn't even think of him for Sixth Man of the Year. I thought Shondi Brown would win it. But Curbelo's had bigger games. He had better stats. And I think we know he can take over games, as he showed down the stretch here. And he's also all-freshman team. Um, you know, obviously – Juwan Howard wins coach of the year, which I think was pretty predictable. You could have thrown Painter into that discussion. Underwood, though, out of those three coaches, had the highest expectations. I'm sure he was top three for that honor. Uh, but I, I don't know if – I think Curbelo was the biggest shocker for me, but I thought all Illinois well-represented and well-respected in these honors. Yeah, let's start with Curbelo because, I mean, on this podcast, Jeremy, after games we've talked like, oh, boy – what is going on? Like the freshman wall was a very, very big wall. I, I mean, there were times that it was just like, this guy is not helping much right now. He, he's out of control. He's trying to do too much. And then when it changed, it changed. And you're right. Like looking back at the numbers, I'm like, oh, shoot. Like were we, I don't want to say too critical, but did we zone in too much after games when he had had some of these performances and, and kind of, miss the bigger picture of it because he was i mean he's electric and and i've I said it before and i'll say it again this dude's going to get a lot of attention in the ncaa tournament like a ton of attention which is insane because he's a freshman on a team with iota sumo and kofi coburn yeah. but he, he's really that good so i was a little surprised because i thought chandy brown was more consistent throughout the year but man when curbello is doing curbello things look out like this guy is going to lead the big 10 in assists next year yeah and he was what he was in the top five if i'm not mistaken top six this year in the big 10 i mean he's he's incredible the, the way he he really picked it up is a credit to him for putting the pieces back together after a really tough stretch there but yeah that that was a surprise uh i thought i on kofi like that was a slam dunk that, that was an easy easy first team i'm not surprised kofi wasn't unanimous but he should have been he should have. That, that's one where I think he got kind of, you know, Michigan didn't have a player in the first team, which I kind of would have tried to force one if I were voting. And I'll ask you about it here in a second. But like, I think Kofi, because Io's the star, just a lot of people said, oh, that's my Illinois guy, first team. I'll put Kofi on the second team. Kofi was, in my opinion, third best player in the conference. Yeah. I mean, I, and I voted as such, but. Michigan. So my first team was Iowa and Kofi slam dunks. Lucas is total slam dunk. And I went with Hunter Dickinson because I thought he had a lot of Kofi to his game. And he like, no one had an answer for this guy most of the year. And he except was Kofi. <laughs> except for Kofi. And he was incredibly good. I thought to me, like, and you and I had talked about this before, you know, as I was going through and, and making these votes, I, I thought I was like, yeah, Duh. I, I mean, I thought those four were, were really straightforward. 
And then I went with EJ Liddell. I, I thought EJ, I think he's the biggest matchup problem in the Big Ten. And would, I say that after I just said, you know, no one can really stop Kofi or, or Hunter Dickinson. But e, EJ's game, it really ha, has taken off and, and blossomed in the way that he's a pick and pop and, and the way that he plays. So I, that was my first team. I thought it was fair. And, I, you know, you could have made the argument for Trace Jackson Davis easily. You could have made the argument for Travion Williams easily. I just thought, really, I didn't think there was a lot of room on the first team. I thought the first four, Dickinson included, was like the slam dunk to me. Yeah, for me, I, I, last week I was like Dickinson slam dunk along in my – if I was voting, I would add Kofi, Isle, Luca, Liddell would have been my fourth guy. Um, maybe I'm a little biased because I just love watching him. And I think he's such an impactful player. But for me, it was between Trevion Williams and Hunter Dickinson or Franz Wagner. Like Wagner's the third leading scorer on his team, but I feel like he's the most impactful overall player at times, but so is Dickinson at times. So Livers goes off at times, so it's hard to pick one of those. Trace Jackson Davis, awesome stats, awesome metrics. His team's got to be better, man. Like He's got to impact winning more. And when they had close games, late in games, and his guard play was not good, so I felt bad for him at times, it's, just, it's hard for me to put him on the first team. Uh, given that his team was just so poor this year. I, same thing with Marcus Carr. Marcus Carr was on my third team. Great stats, talented player, but there was just a lot of empty calories in there. And I, I felt the same kind of thing with Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, what did you go with? Your, I mean, Trevion Williams, it felt like Purdue, you got to honor somebody, right? Like what a season they had. Um, so I would have had a hard time between Trevion Williams and probably Hunter Dickinson. That would have been yeah. my debate there. Yeah, and I, I mean, I was – you know, again, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like, well, Michigan is, is this good? Like, how do they not have a first teamer? And then that wasn't my breaking point. I just thought Hunter Dickinson was so freaking good yep. all year. Second team with, I mean, to me, Trace Jackson Davis, the numbers, again, he, he was on first team for, for the media selection. I, I don't, you know, I didn't go that route, but I see how it happened. And I don't necessarily, like, I'm not yelling and screaming about disagreeing with it. And then you put Trevion Williams, and I put Cousin Franz on the second team because like you said, he impacts so much. And then really I put Isaiah livers too, yep. because he is I mean, those three, you know, you almost are like looking at it and it's like, Oh, they, they kind of took away from each other a little bit in terms of numerically. But if you watch their impact, I mean, they, they are just incredible. And then Joe Wieskamp. Uh, I mean, awesome. Joe, Wieskamp, he does so much. Like he can light it up so fast. Like you just wake up and the dude's got, 12 points and it wouldn't surprise wait. you if he's in the nba longer than anybody currently in, in the conference and i think Iowa's is going to be in the league for a long time i think franz is going to be in the league for a long time it would not surprise me if we camps in there the longest no dude if you can shoot and you're not like a complete and total liability defensively you're in good shape you are going to make a lot of money you're going to hang around the league for a long time and joe we camp can do that and i think and to me that made enough sense second team and Really, to me, that like the first and second teams were like not interchangeable, but it was top ten were pretty clear in my opinion. Like the the only guy I thought could have threatened that because of the way he ended the season was Aaron Henry. Uh, I felt bad putting Aaron Henry like having him on my third team, but am I putting him above Wieskamp? I mean, if you if you drafted players, maybe you'd take Henry um, based on the last month, but. His team struggled for so long. He wasn't great, but then he just took over. Um, so that's the one guy I wish I could have squeezed on there. Um, who did you have on your third team? 
Aaron Henry and I agree with the same thing as you. Like the reason Michigan State is dancing this year is almost singularly Aaron Henry. Like that dude has been out of his mind. And then Marcus Carr, like, dude, the numbers are just insane. Minnesota is a real complete mess right now. But Marcus Carr has been so consistent and filling it up outside of the the times he's had to hang out with Trent Frazier. But – and then you look Dwayne Washington. I mean, mm-hmm. he's the second-best player on Ohio State, and just so consistent in what he does. Except for the Aaron, end of the Illinois game. He missed, what, four or five yeah. shots in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, that was a tough order for him. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Trent Frazier, I, I put him on there. Look, maybe a little bit of a homer pick, but that's fine. I thought defensively he was so, so good. And Can he, we he mention this, though? Because I went through the same thing. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, but like, I thought of this last year. I had a vote, and I, I wanted to – I thought of, you know, when you're in media, there's dozens of these votes, right? And honorable mention for a player can mean a lot, right, to somebody – and I considered giving one to Andres Felice. I didn't because I just thought like it would have left off somebody really good that that yeah. simply was better than Andres last year. But like when you're getting down to Demetric Trice or Trent Frazier, like I, I I can't blame you for putting Trent Frazier because that's something he'll have for the rest of his life. And it's one vote. It's not keeping Trice off. It's not keeping Ron Harper off. So I considered that vote last year, and I think I think Trent has an even greater case right now than than Andres had last year. To me, it was, it was Ron Harper that he kicked off there because Aaron Wiggins was my yeah. other pick on that. I mean, 14 points, 5.8 boards on a Maryland team that's going to dance. You know, they, they were threatening the Big Ten to, in the sense of like they were going to make life really crappy for somebody, yeah. um, you know, moving forward. So, again, I thought the first team was just given that there were three like to me, three unanimous selections. I, I don't really know how Kofi wasn't, but it's neither here nor there. Uh, it's pretty close, I think, mostly for yep. what it what it came out to be. Uh, I thought it was yeah, pretty well, clear most of the year who the 15, 16 guys were. Uh, honorable mention guys were Frazier, Jordan Bohannon, Eric Ayala, Aaron Wiggins. I, I thought I would have agreed with you. I would have had him on my third team, maybe over Harper, because Harper struggled towards the end of the year. Um, I don't know if I would add Trice on it. Um, so, you know, 15, 17 guys I thought were in the discussion. How did Geo Baker get a vote from coaches? Like Geo Baker's a fine scorer, but like he was on like the all big 10 preseason list. I'm like, he's not even the best player on his team. He averaged 10 points a game last year while Harper's averaging 15. So it's no slight to Geo. I'm just, there's a Geo love fest that I just kind of don't understand. And then I, I hate to call out because these are good college basketball players, but a couple media voted for Teddy Allen, who quit his team, <laughs> right, or decided to go. Was like, hey, this dude dropped forty-one. I th- I think a media member simply just looked at the scoring list and put him on. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then I like him; he's a nice big in the Big Ten. But John Harar, somebody put on their All Big Ten teams because he got honorable mention. Nine points, eight and a half rebounds. Again, I think it was just a media member looking at. Who's a big man I can put, <laughs> and who's not, who's one of the leaders in rebounds? Let's put John Harrar, or maybe it was somebody at Penn State. I don't know. You know, that, that Jerry, I do wonder, like, do people get so hung up in the positions when they vote this? Because I didn't like, dude, I didn't no. think. I, I don't care. I, I literally didn't think anything about that. Give me the fifteen best players in the Big Ten. I don't care. Dude, my first team, you know, obviously not this year because I, I don't care if it's all centers. I don't care if it's all guards. 
if you are one of the five best, your first team, and maybe someone's like, oh, I need a center, and you know, I've already used Kofi and, and Dickinson, and I, as I you know move this down, I still don't know how we end up with John Harrar, but you know, that's fine. It's just man, maybe, look, it might be a media maybe, member from Penn State just trying to give yeah, him some love, which is same, fine. Same line of thinking as Frazier yeah. Feliz was like, you know, it was a good year. And when you see every game, you see all the little things. And, you know, we do. We see all the little things with Trent Frazier, like his stats. And I'm a fan of Harar. Like, you throw him out right. there, man. He's a big boy. He's physical. Is it kind of a throwback? I like him. Yeah, I it, I get it. But, move. Yeah, I mean, you do kind of raise an eyebrow. I get that way more than Teddy Allen. Well, it bothers me. Like, last year, the NBA still does the two guards, two forwards, and a center for all NBA. How does Nikola Jokic not get first team? last year or, or this year like anthony davis or i guess he's not playing a lot but like you know what i mean like you could have two of the best three players in the nba are centers and one of them doesn't get on like Embiid or Jokic, you got to pick one of those one of those guys isn't going to be first team or this year like that that's nuts that's an old school way of thinking about it i think the ap does that that's why kofi got second team for the ap which i can't disagree with like garza i'd take garza Right yeah. like, this yeah. year, but like positions shouldn't matter. You just honor the five best players. Yeah. And it's changed, right? Like there's so, I, yeah, I, I agree. That's probably how, and if you had to pick one or the other, Luca or Kofi, you're taking Luca. I don't care. I just don't care. You're taking Luca. I would love to see the vote split with media and coaches for big 10 player of the year. I wonder how close it actually was. Uh, I wonder how much IO missing games mattered. Um, Listen, I think if you are an Illinois fan and you want to vote Io, you have a winning argument. Um, I, I like that he plays, you know, better defense defense than than Garza, and I think a lot of it with Io is anecdotal to go along with really strong numbers, right? And I think any year that you know any other year, Io probably wins Big Ten Player of the Year. Maybe the yeah, Evan man. Turner year he doesn't. Maybe the Frank Kaminsky year he doesn't. But most of the last decade he wins. Um, but Luca Garza is a, a generational talent, the best player to ever play at Iowa. And he had a phenomenal senior year to back up all the hype. And if, if you believe in metrics, which I usually do, um, the offensive metrics, especially for Luca Garza are as good as it gets in, in college basketball, wind shares, offensive efficiency, all, all those different things. But if you want to make the anecdotal argument for Io, you know, the way he plays on defense, you know, the the impact he makes closing out games, the fact that his team has more wins, all that stuff, that's a winning argument too. He's a facilitator too. I went with Io and and it was tough, like, because Luca has had a ridiculous year. I mean, he he is an incredible basketball player. But I I went with more the anecdotal, like, the assists. I I think he – facilitates so well and gets Illinois into doing so much of what Illinois wants to do. I think defensively he's better than Luca Garza at what he's asked to do on defense. You look at the way he rebounds for a guard and the way that he's had those moments. And I thought like, yeah, maybe this is a bad take. I don't know. I mean, again, I Luca won and like the other part of me is like, yeah, of course Luca won because that was a very, very logical play. Um, so to me, it was like, how are you going to, you know, line those two up. And then I wonder, like, what is it going to be nationally? Like, could we have a Big Ten player of the year who isn't the national player of the year? Like, I, I, I think, I I think Luka I dominates the national. I, I think yeah. I think he does better nationally than he would uh, regionally just because, you know, I mean, to his credit, they're a top five team in the country. 
right? Like if you had Iowa have that February swoon, right? And maybe they're 20th in the country. I think Iowa's got a lot more support. And if Iowa doesn't get hurt, but with Iowa being top five in the country and, and Luca being a huge reason for that, I mean, his recent stretch of games here is ridiculous. Like the numbers he puts up there, we're just like used to. Um, it, it's ridiculous what they've done. I do wonder like if Iowa got hurt in December, say. Yeah. And like before this conversation was like being screamed from the rooftops and he plays the closing stretch of the season. And again, Illinois was three and zero without the guy. So it's not like this, like his absence cratered, but like there were moments set up for Iowa, like go in, Iowa beats Michigan, right. Or, you know, go in, Iowa beats Wisconsin again. And again, Illinois won. So like that narrative is kind of harder to imagine right now, but I do wonder if he wouldn't have gotten hurt. Cause like, dude, that was a loud conversation before he got hurt. Yeah. Like it was an incredibly loud conversation. And then and look, Luca in the time I missed went absolutely berserk and, and played, continued to play really, really well. Cause that's what Luca Garza does. I just, I, I do wonder what it would have been like. And it maybe wouldn't have changed. I'm not sitting here saying like, you know, it changed because Io got clubbed at Michigan state and, and missed three games. But I do wonder, I think that's a fair thing, a natural sure. thing to wonder. And look, the reality, no, probably wouldn't. Like Luca, to his credit, man, this guy came in, everyone's like, national player of the year, that guy right there. And he did not miss a beat at all. Like, he delivered to everything everybody thought he was going to do, which is just to me as impressive as like the other stuff that Io did. To live up to that, like everyone's like this, everything everyone said about him, he did. And that is so incredibly impressive. Yeah, and I tweeted this out. Like every time you argue for Io, it feels like you're slighting Luca. And I, I don't like the Illini fans to say, "Oh, Luca is isn't that good." No, he is. Yeah, get out of here. He's he's really good. Or, oh, Michigan's a fraud. No, they're really good. They're they're, they're really good. They they deserve a Big Ten championship. Um, but it does tell you like these things matter again, Joey. Like, and think of the arguments you're having: National Player of the Year, Big Ten Championship, and think of the bad blood we got going into a week where Illinois could play both those teams yet again. Um, there's a lot of fodder here, but uh, I, I'm ready to get back into basketball games. <laughs> like, we had so many in so few days, but this controversy stuff, I'm just ready to get back to basketball games. And boy, they're going to be the most meaningful basketball games. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. I mean, again, like, I, I just thought about this, Jeremy, this morning, like, two years ago, the last time Illinois played in a Big Ten tournament, obviously because of COVID. Like, going into it, it was like, well, this is going to be the last stop. And they're not getting out of Chicago in the Big Ten tournament at all. They beat Northwestern, and there was a little bit of, like, could this help? You know, the, is this a team? And then they, they get – blown out by Iowa. Was that a good Alan Griffin game? Like, it was kind of like a weird I, I want to go back. Game? Yeah, I need to go back to that one. I, I, need to look at it. I think it went to overtime, if I'm yes. not mistaken. And it was like that late, like midnight Wednesday game. <laughs> like, it was something ridiculous. But, you know, it, how much has changed in those two years? And within that change are these conversations about coach of the year, player of the year, Big Ten champions. Like, it, two years ago, as we were leaving the United Center, if we like, if someone, one of us would have been like, hey, man, in two years, I'm, at, I'd be like, hey, I'm not saying it right now. I just don't. That's a, that's a very high thing to reach. And it was hard to see at that moment. So much has changed. It was not an Alan Griffin game. He had zero points that game. It was a Georgie game. Georgie had 26 points on 15 field goal attempts. Trent had 21 
Iowa only had eight, uh, but Felice 11 off the bench in that one as well. I mean, Georgia's freshman year, man. <laughs> Just like, what, what the hell did this come from? Unbelievable. Man. He was so good. Like I, when I think of his freshman, of course I think of the Nebraska game and just how like I do. I and again a lot of like his freshman year. We've really diverted off the path here, but like a lot of his he freshman, the freshman year, scoring record. <laughs> yeah, and like no one really knew who the guy was, right? Like he comes in, it's like that guy's a pretty fun guy, but like and after no that night knew. at Northwestern, you're like that's that's our number two guy. Right, like that—that's that's the second building block we have, and now he's like the seventh player on the team. Yeah, and you know he's adapted to that well. And let's say though, it wasn't the most smooth adaptation. Like it was kind of rocky last year when they were kind of shoehorned that lineup into something that they wanted to do. But yeah, cut it to him. Anyway, two years ago, Big Ten tournament wouldn't have seen this coming. Like that's not right. even close. That's and. Right. You know, with with that, when a team is back to this, it's been so long since a team in Champaign football, at least in the two revenue football or basketball, has been to a point where it's like people feel like they deserve to like an award for the season. Yeah, it's it comes with the territory, and credit to Brad and the players for getting it back to this point where you and I can sit here and be like, oh my gosh, the conversations are still going and it's still happening. Yeah. There's this conversation going on too. And I, I, I find myself thinking like, are fans enjoying this enough? Like, are, are they truly? Like, so you want to, you, I, I, I want to be dad here. And, and I, I sometimes have dad takes like, Hey, enjoy, enjoy the process. Don't get too caught up in this other stuff. Right. Like enjoy the journey of what's happening. And I think most people are right. I, so I, 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 I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, you need to enjoy it. I don't want to be that guy. Um, but I think, and I've had this hypothesis before, and I've talked with my guy, Austin Berkland, who's, who's a very fanboy right now, and he's enjoying it, but he also wants like this season, like he wants it to be remembered like 05. And I think, I think the one thing about this team is it's almost a shame that the last good team, like great team, was 05. Because 05 was one of the most recognizable college basketball teams, right? Like, they were undefeated for most of the year. This team wasn't. Most teams aren't, right? Like, most teams, even the great championship teams, are not followed like that team. They're not remembered like that team. Um so I feel like there's a burden with this team that like everything needs to be perfect. We need to win every award. We need every national media member to have us number one or to, to win the national championship. You are one of these stories of college basketball. I would assume it was one of these stars going into this tournament. Kofi Coburn, Andre Corbello are going to get their due as long as Illinois takes care of business, right? Like Illinois is number three in the country and they're one of the best teams and it just happens that Michigan was really good too. You didn't get a share of the big 10 title, which stinks. But, like, this is still going to be remembered as long as they don't slip up, I think, before the Elite Eight. This is still one of the greatest teams of all time. And I think for a generation of Illinois fans, this is the first great team they've, they've watched. And for other fans, it might not be 05 caliber quite yet. It might not be 89. But there were some other really good teams, too. 2001 was a heck of an Illinois basketball team um you know bill self won several big 10 titles like you're back to that like you're, you're back to that and that means you matter on the national stage and you do matter like people are taking notice and people are recognizing it and i, I think the all big 10 honors certainly showed that joy yeah man what a great 
comparison to like looking at like again like that's been such like the the lore for a, a generation of fan and look Jim if we're gonna be honest a generation of fan base that is active on social media like that's where we hear a lot of this we don't see a lot of people in person and like that's a generation that's there and it, it does like it's a big I don't know that the team thinks much about it but like we we've certainly been in there where player people have been asked about hey did you follow the 05 team and, and they probably I, I don't know how much they think about I, I was four years old yeah like <laughs> they're smart guys they're basketball guys like they're not like in this bubble like oh five what, what, what do we think happened there like they know but th- that is such an interesting comparison to look to and look i also think come friday like people are still going to be like especially sunday if, if what we think happens on sunday is going to happen on sunday then it's going to hit again but like i think come friday people are going to be like all right here we go like the rest of it's over like all that is behind us and the the, the arguments whatever that's done I, I just think there needs to be games like it's been a while since there haven't been games and look there's a part of me that thinks like the fan base is uncomfortable with being comfortable right you, you got to find a way to get this chip on your shoulder that like we're not respected yet and and I, maybe that's what feeds this team it certainly does seem to feed this team um but i get it after 15 years of not having relevance all of a sudden, you get relevance, but you feel like ah, we still need more attention. You're gonna get it, man. You're you're gonna get it. Like Seth Davis or Jeff Goodman will put out their top twenty-five, and Illinois would be like four or five. And look, most of the time, you could have made a rational argument to move them up higher than that. But oh my god, like, doesn't matter. <laughs> I go through them like every now and again. I'll click back. Let's, let's see, like a million responses. I'm like, wonder what's going on here. And like 500,000 of them are like Illinois fans. Like, why? They're why passionate, man. They're passionate, and we we love yeah, that passion. Yeah, it's not a knock, but yeah, there, there might be a level of like we want more because the last time they had more, to your point, was 05. And 05, like when the team and it's the other angle of it, Jeremy. Like, it's good that people are drawing this line between. Because, like, people love that 05 team so much. It's nice that they can find that same feeling again with another team. But I think the last time Illinois was like this, they were number one in everything. Like, it was all over, like, Illinois, Illinois, Illinois. And now people feel like, I think, they feel like this team is very – It's you know, this is the same feeling here in in our fandom bubble in in this area as that 05 team – why are you not seeing that? And I, I think maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to knock them good, man. It's, it's, that, it's that Gonzaga's undefeated, and I know they're in the West Coast Conference. It's that Baylor has lived up to being number two. It's that Michigan is way better than any of us thought. And, you know, they are deserving Big Ten, at least co-champions, if you believe that. And then Iowa is really interesting with the national player of the year, right, in the middle of it. One of the best, you know, college basketball players ever, most you know productive college basketball players ever. So it's just it's not it's not it's a rarity to have one team kind of dominate college basketball for an entire season. Right. It's, and it's the last rare. time was 05 and people like they want to see that nationally. And then I'm looking at this. I'm like, if I'm Houston. I am ticked. Like no one's talking about me. No one at all is talking about me. And they're up in the, the highest metrics in Ken Palm. Like if you want to fight a fan base, that's like, hey, we're still here. Go to Houston, man. Loyal Chicago right now. Like that Loyal huge Chicago. fan base. <laughs> we're yeah, nine look, in I, Ken Palm. Why are we a nine seed in the tournament? <laughs> man, have fun with it. That's what this right. is. It should I think be a lot fun. Of people are. 
And again, the last time it was like this was 05. And that's what some people had gotten used to with that level of attention. And it just because it'd been 15 years since it had been like that doesn't make this any less special. And again, Friday, come Friday, it's all all hands on deck. I I think because social media is the only way we interact with people too. Like even us, like most of the feedback we get tends to be negative. (laughs) Even though like yesterday I put the poll out there just to kind of get that feedback of, you know, are you happy with with the Big Ten honors? And 60% were like thrilled, right? And 20% were like, yeah, whatever. And it was just 20% that were like, oh, we got disrespected, right? But um, we hear more from that 20%. So I I will always want to make sure like, that's not always reality uh, of what we get feedback on social media. It's just the only feedback uh, we kind of get right now. Joey, what I can take away from this is, man, it's old school. Nothing uh, gets more reaction than a strongly worded letter. Oh, Jeremy. Uh- <laughs> it's old school way of doing things, man. Yeah, I mean, it is. That's a good point because, like, so it's 2021. What would have happened if Josh would have like been sitting in a Zoom room or something and, and recorded a video? Like, would it have had the same? No. No, man. Like, you could dive into every single word because he, you know he put a lot of thought into every right. single word. Like, if you want, if I watch a video, like you're listening, but it's like some things you're kind of like it just happens that they don't fully digest like you can take your time on every word yeah strongly written letter man you nailed it like that's it good call because even like brad like with some of the arguments like well yeah okay yeah i what what are you really saying which is why a couple weeks ago i asked him like what exactly is your issue whitman made it clear what his issue was with that strongly worded letter all right joe we always go long man but there's always good conversation big 10 tournament starts tonight uh in illinois for man the first time in a long time is not playing in the first. Usually I go to the Big Ten tournament and never see my guy Graham Couch because Michigan State doesn't arrive until f- Friday and I'm gone by then. Uh, that certainly won't be the case this time. Uh, Joey, thank you, as always, man. All right, man. All right, too. Great stuff, as always, with Joey Wagner. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. I didn't plan on going that long, but Joey and I always have fun conversation. If you don't already, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. And check out Illini Inquirer for all the latest information on Illinois athletics. If you missed it, please go read Derek Piper's great piece, Behind the Scenes. He titled it Inside the Epic Return of Mamba Dose which is all about Io DeSumo's return from his facial injury and what went into that. Uh, An epic practice story is involved in that with a great quip from Orlando Antigua and great stuff from the DeSumo family as well, who surprised Io by arriving at Ohio State. He had no idea that they were coming. So more on that. You can read that at IlliniInquire.com. I also put in a new crystal ball for Illinois football in the class of 2022. You can check that out. And I did a piece on Illinois women's basketball as well. It's been a struggle of a four years for Nancy Faye, but they've won back-to-back Big Ten games for the first time in her tenure. So I got a piece up on that as well. As always, appreciate you listening to the Illini Inquire podcast. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquire podcast.
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.